If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. You're taking the student out of the immediate environment. I've been in spaces where students have so much trauma and a lot of things going on that they react against the environment. But you put that virtual reality headset on, and you're bringing them to a new space. And that new virtual space can be one of the first steps towards a student's future success. Educator, technologist, and thought leader Howard Robinson is both the founder of Gaming for Greatness, which is an educational organization designed to empower underserved communities and youth, and the founder of We Are VR Leaders. This is a new virtual reality-based educational program currently in its pilot stage. And it's designed to revolutionize the education system by increasing student engagement and retention, and especially to open access to a wide range of educational opportunities for all students. As of summer 2022, the We Are VR Leaders program already has commitments for implementation at two different organizations in two different states, and Howard's vision for the future is much more far-reaching. Howard, before we get to talking about this great program, We Are VR Leaders, I would love to know, what first captured your imagination? Leadership, education, or the digital world to the point that you made them your life's work? I believe education was first. I've always been an educator since my youngest days as a child. I remember elementary school finishing tests early and the teacher would always ask me to go around and help other students. And I just naturally did it. And my Collegiate path started off me being computer science, but that didn't work out because of the coding aspect, but I still like the technology. So my first instructor role was a computer instructor for a summer camp just because I got to use computers and I ended up like, hey, teaching is pretty cool and education. So that's kind of how I wandered my way into that industry. I'm going to brag on you a little bit. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. You taught computer skills to youth in South Africa that were underserved. Wow. What did you bring with you as a creative lesson from that experience that you're now using as an educator and as a technical entrepreneur? Well, honestly, that experience particularly is what fuels a lot, actually, for We Are VR leaders, thinking about the lack of resources that those students had. So I was working in a local township in Musenberg. Well, that's where I was based in, but it was in Cape Town specifically. And it was a library that had students that functioned as a community center. And I was working in conjunction with a school and I was going there to do full computer instruction. And they only have five laptops with no internet that were at least 10 years old. So I had to, and that kind of got me into my first kind of curriculum development where I on the fly had to take one of those computers and see what was the best educational experience I could give to those students because of their limited resources, which as we later talk, Virtual reality essentially removes a lot of those barriers that if I was able to bring a bunch of VR consoles with me specifically, I can give those students a lot more integrated and engaging experience without having to have the physical hardware requirements. So that truly did inspire me to try to find creative ways to give students access to technology. What was your own introduction to virtual reality? 
it essentially started being a gamer. So again, I'm a, a gamer. My gamer tag for uh, I'll be streaming is going to be the VR gamer for greatness, just because I love video games. So I've seen Oculus. I've tried VRs at different kind of little recreational places. There's like different fun zones and arcades. So when I've seen Oculus become available, I said, okay, let me get one, try it out. The first time I put it on, I downloaded a few games and then I opened up Horizon and then my educator brain clicked. And it wasn't supposed to click, but I started to think about the different programs and how this can be used for a variety of things. And that's what kind of sparked it off. So yeah, general curiosity in gaming. It's interesting how you're supposed to be playing computer games and boom, you're working instead. <laughs> yeah, turned it right into a job. So I couldn't complain. <laughs> Please tell me the story of We Are VR Leaders. How'd you come to create the program? Well, yeah, so We Are VR Leaders was a concept that I'd had kind of simmering under the table for a while. So once I put on the headset, I knew that I wanted to do some kind of educational programming with it and having some experience and some prior roles where I've done some curriculum development for organizations in the ed tech slash esports industry. I kind of knew already what I needed as far as curriculum, as far as setup to essentially create a program that utilizes it for students. So after I kind of played around with a few different names and started to look in the industry to see if there are any other companies that are doing any kind of virtual reality type of things. And this was about maybe about a year ago. So maybe about a year ago, I looked and didn't see too much industry, I guess, and education emergence until later on where the development of more technologies kind of geared me to be more confident to say now that I have enough programs like Trip VR, Color Space, um, Gravity Sketch that allow me to use it as an educational tool legitimately and not just a gaming tool. So that was essentially it. Then also I reached out to a founder, surely have to Shout her out as well. Her name is um, goes by the name of Dee Avant. She's the founder of Smile Honey Child, which is a virtual reality nonprofit. And they're doing virtual reality art therapy services. And she really helped and gave me the initial boost to really see the vision on what the platform could be. And I'm working with her now on an art therapy program on a longer run while she's hosting her own summer camp for homeless students that she was able to get Oculus headsets for. So she's already doing amazing work. I mean, she really gave me an extra push to really put things together. So Smile Honey Child is something I hadn't heard of before. And that's a resource I think a lot of people listening would like to take a look at. Did I just see that you're going to have We Are VR Leaders program in the schools in Chicago this fall? Yes. Not this coming fall, we desperately secured sponsorship needed to ideally next year, but very soon. If I can get everything together this fall, I'd love that. But I gave a presentation to a STEM school and CPS and was able to show them the value of virtual reality education. Essentially, everything I said, I showed it as an educational tool, how it can be used in conjunction with educators as an additional resource. So a bunch of different points. Then I broke down how my organization as a service can integrate that with the intent of bridging the gap of inequity that certain students, particularly of color and those from challenging backgrounds have to endure. Um, and this student and CPS being where I came from. So that's probably another reason I'm from Chicago Public Schools. I graduated valedictorian of my, I think salutatorian of my high school class in the south side of Chicago. So not the best high school. I was only one of very few students to receive a full tuition scholarship. So I already understand that we have students with 
immense potential in these environments and communities, they just lack the resources. What's the best way to get resources to kids in that situation where every bit as brilliant as anybody with privilege, but they might not get the chance? I think the best way is to, again, bring the resources to them and also make them feel like they aren't necessarily test subjects. And I think that's a lot of things that I've had to kind of endure at my various roles in education. You have organizations who have a very well-meaning intent and want to help these communities, and they put together programs and curriculums that aren't aware of what the actual members of the community go through. For example, they're the program that I was a part of that was supposed to be introducing students to esports careers and things of that nature. And it was very informative, very PowerPoint heavy, had assessments, and the Boys and Girls Club that they were at only had 10 working computers and students couldn't take them home. So what I had to do was to go to them and say, hey, I see your intent and your curriculum and it means well, but this students and these organizations, this particular organization can't do it. And the students aren't going to be receptive because now they are going to have dead eyes. So what I did is I took the curriculum, added some presentations, added some interactivity, added some games, and it got the same intent across just in a more inclusive and interactive way that wasn't dumbing down the curriculum. It was adjusting it for students so that they can understand and comprehend it more. And I think that's a big piece that's somewhat lost sometimes. So let's look at some of the programs that you have in We Are VR Leaders. If we have a class and they've got the headsets on and they're going to be experiencing, for example, art and leadership, which I haven't seen a program like that before, what mm-hmm. are some of the things you were taking them through? Oh, well, yeah. So those are a variety of aspects. So one of the things that we want to do is try to show parents and educators that STEM can be combined with a bunch of other fields in a very integrated way, for example. So art and leadership are concepts that aren't traditionally in the STEM space, particularly. But say, for example, one of our programs is going to be Create and Share Club using virtual reality. So we're going to have students learning So taking basic design principles from the quote unquote real world, like say, for example, different color patterns, maybe different color emotions. So different concepts from subject matters and using virtual reality softwares to engage students in those activities and those concepts. So say you teach, I do a 10 to 15 minute PowerPoint on what are warm colors. And then I open up color space and then I say, hey, we have 10 to 15 minutes. Everyone is going to use a warm color palette and they're going to create something and they're going to create it and then take a screenshot and then we can send it to our virtual world and horizon or whatever all space platform we're using. And students can see each other's artwork in virtual reality. They can share. So say we have students who are in different communities. Say I want to have students from Japan and Africa and Thailand all sharing artwork on their own interpretation of the same principle. So not only are you allowing students to create and share with each other in a new way, but you're also allowing a new cultural exchange, which is something that's really important. You're teaching students going into leadership, for example. If students wanted to do esports teams, for example, there are a bunch of educational friendly esports title, for example, like Nook. Nook is essentially soccer with a bow and arrow and you shoot a ball. Um, And some of those things you can teach 
real team core concepts because of the pandemic and various reasons, a lot of parents and students aren't comfortable either spending extra time at school or even most cases, even going to school. So with the virtual reality headsets, they're still able to get that level of social engagement that they would normally get from being part of a team. You can still have a coach in virtual reality. You can still have meetings. You and your team can still make a game plan and train and compete against other people. You can still develop techniques and still learn how to identify your role in a team, for example, or learn what your specialty or learn effective communication. And even more so, it's, it's essentially taking curriculum to a new level of engagement. So we go from talking about how to think constructively in intense situations to I'm going to throw you and your team into an RPG game and you're a little bit under level, figure out how to survive. And now students are going, their minds are, okay, what should we do? And we're low on resources. We should share resources. What should we do if everyone has a different role? Well, my healer needs to be in the back healing. My tank needs to be in the front. Our attacker needs to make sure that they are doing enough damage that we survive long enough. And all these concepts are merging. And now you have students who are going to be playing games and learning concepts, but they don't necessarily aren't being, I mean, it's kind of like guided play. So we're assessing and kind of doing activities of the concepts that we go over, but it's in a fun way that it doesn't seem like, hey, let's go the traditional camp format where you go off and you get some materials and you do a mock company, for example, like a mock CEO or a mock executive. In virtual reality, we can put you in a virtual bank and you can set, one person can be the teller, one person can be the manager, and someone can be the patron. You all can do prompts to see how you do different leadership. You can do conflict resolution. It literally expands education and curriculum to ways that haven't been seen before. And the biggest key indicator is we're literally going to have to, it's going to really change education in my view, because at first you're going to go from having to try and to engage the students, that's the biggest thing every educator is worried about. Going to a classroom, are students engaged? Are they listening? When they put that virtual reality headset on, you know that you have their attention because they literally can't look anywhere else. And two, you know that they're engaged. They get to use their hands and it's a new experience. So the biggest problem is going to be getting kids off of the headsets. We're going to have to rip them. I want to go. That's the biggest problem I foresee is taking the kids away. But all the other issues could potentially be avoided with using VR as an additional tool to education. So I've always talked about doing presentations and going over the information live or in person because I want to make sure there's a, a still a balance between the interpersonal communication as much as possible. But for students who are really far or abroad, or like I mentioned, from different countries, they can still get that same level of interaction and engagement no matter how far they are using VR. When you referenced the esports initially, I thought, uh oh, what about people that really don't know that much about esports, like me, for example? But it struck me that a child that wouldn't normally be picked for a sports team, maybe someone who's not that physically adept, would be really good at this. Even more so, just to follow up on, and that's a particular reason for students who particularly had physical disabilities or who never, who have ailments that aren't allowed them to leave the home, for example. Now we can put them on a team and they can compete on equal footing with any other student, any other person in the world. That's powerful to say, hey, I'm a legitimate team member. I'm contributing the amount because I've worked with students who are nonverbal as a behavioral support specialist in a variety of roles. So I've been with students who and seen some of the challenges that they face trying to get to some quote unquote normalcy. So having virtual reality literally 
even as the playing field. So no matter where they are, no matter as long as they can move their hands and see, those are the only tools that they need to be able to engage fully as any other student their age would. So now a student who is going through harsh treatment doesn't have to miss a whole week of class. They can put on a VR headset and be right there with their classmates. That's powerful. So like that changes a lot. So that could change the future quite literally. How would a teacher or principal who might be listening right now find out more about this and what would they need to have a We Are VR Leaders program in their school? I truly love any inquiries. Right now I'm working with nonprofits, educational institutions, even some for-profit organizations as well to see how we can get virtual reality into their schools and programs. I think my biggest point right now is just to get virtual reality into education in schools. So even if the school doesn't have the funding, if they're interested and they see value in the program, I have a few partnerships and myself, we can work to help them get grants to help apply. So not only will we help you install and do some of the services, we're going to actually work to say, hey, what is the best program for your school, for your age range, what kind of curriculum you need, if you're what industry, what demographics. So we're there to fully help to see what options to help them to get into virtual reality, whatever way is possible. So, and the website is www.wearevrleaders.com. You can send a contact message and I'll be sure to get back to you. And we can hop on the call. I have a pitch presentation that I give to all educators that I love, be happy to give just in case they want to learn more as well. So. Wearevrleaders.com. Howard, yeah. what do you consider the best lesson that you as an educator have learned within the past year or so with We Are VR Leaders? I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that uh, even more so the field of education, it could use some new spice. I'll say it, it can use some new extra dash of innovation, I should say, just because of the newer generation, they're becoming more into technology, even more so every day. And I think education as a field is doing it now, which I'm proud of, is working hard to integrate technology and not be left behind where computers or virtual reality classes are fighting against the traditional education systems. I think what we need to do now is merge them with educators being at the forefront and using it as a tool and now allowing the tool to outpace the educator. It's an exciting time if you look at it that way. What do you consider would be the most important milestones for you in the next six months or so with We Are VR Leaders? Where are you right now and where do you want to be? I think our first, my first important milestone within six months will be to get into my first school system. Again, I think that'll be the biggest one is having our actual pilot program for whatever area that may be. So right now we have a few partnerships that we're got working with. For example, there's a music technology school that wants a virtual reality integration that I'm working on and music technology VR. So it doesn't like our industry. There is no industry where virtual reality can be applied to. I'm working on a virtual reality career program, teaching career skills, at different community organizations. I think that the next biggest milestone was to have our program. Well, one thing we do have coming up is starting in July, we'll be in our first recreational facility in Texas. So people in Texas will be able to have, if you're in the state of Texas, you are able to go to a facility that we'll be announcing a partnership soon, but you'll be able to go there and get virtual art therapy, get virtual art and leadership. Some of the programs that we spoke about, 
in person at many camps that students, you can sign students up for. We're working on a bigger adult program. So this summer, we are VR Leaders programming will actually start officially. And then within the next six months, we'll be fully prepared to start vending to school systems and helping them integrate virtual reality technology. Wow, how exciting. I'm going to assume that I can't ask you to be specific yet about the Texas program. Is that correct? I can't. Oh, yeah, not, not specifically. Yes. Well, it could be good for Brandon. Now I can say the partner that I'm doing it with is MAP Esports. So that partnership is official. We are working on a program in Texas for we are VR leaders for a variety of virtual reality esports and are in leadership based courses. So more to come on the specifics of that as we're still navigating the timelines and things like that. But it will be in Texas this summer very soon. We are VRLeaders.com for updates. If everything happens just the way you want it to, mm-hmm. where is We Are VR Leaders going to be in five years? In five years, we'll be in every state and every Every school might be a bigger stretch, but in every Boys and Girls Club or a recreational organization where students can come to get, go for club services or every community center too. That's the biggest one, every club and community center. So eventually within five years, I want there to be virtual reality sections and community centers where people normally got job training. Now they're learning job training in virtual reality, which accelerates their pathways into higher paying careers and shortens the gap that's needed. And also that we have it integrated into schools as well as an educational tool, but also, as I say, as a tool to provide equal access to students who may be excluded for a variety of reasons, whether that be physical, geographic, or financial reasons as well. So just a quick synopsis. Yeah, and international as well, too. Within five years, I'd love to be international, to have us around the world specifically with bases around the country to connect, to start that cultural exchange that's even more so greatly needed. That would be exciting to see. We mentioned already the website, but are you giving any online presentations or anything where people can actually see what's going on with We Are VR Leaders? Well, actually, I will be uploading on my LinkedIn and coming soon to different social media channels, some of our streaming and playtesting. So one of the cool things we found out is that Oculus in Education allows for innovation that isn't supposed to be possible for a few years. For example, this Roblox, but this is one I'm giving away freely that I'll be posting. Roblox is a virtual reality game that a lot of students play. They spend, my niece spends hundreds of dollars on a month on it. It's a real, one of the top biggest games in the market, millions of dollars of revenue, but they don't have a virtual reality app. I figured out a way to use Oculus headsets and fully play Roblox in virtual reality. If we can find a way to translate that into an educational, because they have Roblox game design as well. So here we can say, hey, students, we're going to play some games in virtual reality, but let's take this a step further. Let's try to develop our games. They'd be, well, students going to be, well, I'm not a developer. Well, you you at least want to try. They'd be, well, we try it in virtual reality. Well, Students are a little more likely to do things in VR. They Well, I'll give it a shot. So that's one of the things that we can do. We can, one, take students' creativity to the next level. And that's one of the cool ways that virtual reality can be used simply just to enhance everyday experience while creating a pathway for more education and engagement. It sounds like getting around the intimidation factor is something that's kind of built into this. Yeah, I think there is a big, a big intimidation factor, but it's I think by the end of this year, going into next year, it'd be more digestible for the general public. I think 
as the headsets become more affordable and more wide range, as you see PlayStation just released, they're going to be dropping a new VR headset. So we're going to have more of the gamers going into virtual reality. So the community is only going to get bigger. Once different sectors and industries start to see the value of virtual reality, then it's going to start to gradually become bigger and more accessible. I've seen a post that an organization already had the first virtual reality interview. Pretty soon, all these work from home jobs are going to be work from virtual reality jobs. But I don't I don't want any companies coming at me too far. But yeah, pretty soon, because of the productivity, it's just as the same. You can put a headset on and I'm in a Horizon workroom and I can have all of my colleagues in the same room. And it's different from just being on a Zoom call and people can actually be typing, interacting and having conversations fluently in a way that emulates a real work environment. And once companies and organizations start to see the value in that, I'm pretty sure that there'll be a lot more VR headsets around. So it's a little bit early, but I see that there's a lot more that can be done. I suspect a lot of the students whom you're helping today are that workforce of tomorrow that are going to be working in VR. That's another one of the things as well, too, I'm ready to mention that we want to prepare a next level of VR educators, VR professionals as well. So we're going to have a VR mentorship course where we're going to teach students how to monetize different careers in virtual reality. So that's another aspect that we're going to be doing. So students who aren't geographically able to maybe go to their nearest city because of whatever reason to work, but they can put on a virtual reality headset and if they have certain applicable skills for example, there's a tangible market already. Horizon World is one is Facebook's biggest metaverse platform, and people can create their own one of their own custom designs. There are people right now making thousands of dollars off those designs in Horizon. So if a company wants you to build a world for them, they're willing to pay you up to two thousand dollars. Imagine a kid from the inner city who's never been able to go get a job or doesn't think that for whatever reason, whether they don't have the proper identification, whether they're not able to go, whether they don't have the resources needed to go get their job, they can put on a virtual reality headset and start making funding for their family without leaving home. That opens up the possibilities for, again, even single mothers or even single parents where, again, you can't be too far from your child, but now you're earshot away and compared to a lot of the things that people have to go through with the rising cost of childcare. Like there are so many issues that people just think is just a headset. I'm friends. It's more than just a headset. So it's more like a gateway to a different world. Essentially. What about the art therapy program? You just mentioned the VR mentorship program and we talked a little bit about art and leadership, but we didn't really talk about your art therapy program. What would the students experience? Well yeah that's one that I'm actually currently working with even more so on conjunction with again Smile Honey Child specifically because that's she's specifically she's a license in that area and field. So that'll be, um, we're working on the curriculum development. So as far as the leading, I would just want, I'm saying that to say that there's going to be licensed therapeutic practitioners doing virtual reality programs for our therapy. There are going to be recreational art therapy services that I mentioned, like the create and share, for example. So the principle of that is going to be the value of sharing, the value of communicating, and compared to one that's going to be more therapeutic is where we're going to be talking about how to handle emotions using virtual reality. So that's where we're going to do more of the use of, there's an app called Trip VR, which is a meditation-based app that allows different kind of meditations, mindfulness, awareness that can be used in virtual reality. And we're going to use that in conjunction with different principles from the therapeutic fields to one instill or not even instill to introduce students to principles, 
maybe by being mindful, for example, and then we're going to take that into virtual reality, say here is an environment where you're going to actually practice mindfulness, and then you're going to actually get to see and interact with a virtual reality world and trip themselves like this past, like everything is happening so fast. Trip themselves just got funding to do a entire meditation slash VR based metaverse. So now, instead of just doing an app, they're going to be able to explore a world that's cultivated by professionals for therapeutic things. And then, so the goal isn't dependent on the program, dependent on the length. It could be either to introduce students to various concepts like mindfulness. It can be used as a tool for conflict resolution. Again, I have my minor in conflict studies, so I can already see how this can be used for students who are having issues with dealing with aggression, for example. They can learn how to creatively express themselves in VR. So instead of physically smashing something in the classroom, put your VR headset on and play the smash drums and you're still smashed that and then go to virtual reality world. Now you're taking the student out of the immediate environment. I've been in spaces where students are have so much trauma and a lot of things going on that they react against the environment, but you put that virtual reality headset on and you're bringing them to a new space and you're literally grabbing their attention. And then from there, you have a bigger chance of I guess it's kind of rewrite, not even trying to rewire, but redirect where some of that focus is going to visually. And then from that visual redirection, you ideally hope that the mental cues that we're giving them as far as mindfulness and breathing start to seep in. So that's the hope. Wow. This is going to be absolutely mind blowing. Thank you. What's been one of your absolute favorite reactions with any of the students you've served so far to virtual reality? It's actually been apparent. It was my very first funny reaction for a funny reason. So I was tabling at a CECC Atlanta event and it involves a student as well. So his child came to my booth as I'm presenting and I'm showing him how to do smash drums and play. He's enjoying it. And the father walks up. He's like, hey, are we getting ready to go? He said, oh, VR headset, fooey. I was, have you tried it? He was, eh, just for gaming. I'm like, but you know, it has therapeutic uses as well, too. He was Therapeutic uses? I don't think so. I said, here, sir, just try the app. I put him in, I set the headset up, put him in the trip VR. He said, okay, this is cool. I showed him a different thing. He sat there for 20 minutes and didn't leave. He was like, okay, we're going home and buying one now. I was, thank you, sir. Like literally a full father. He said, ah, this has no value. I'm not a tech. His son was playing. He was like, and I explained to him, like, then now you and your son can play games in VR together. So now y'all can be on the same team. Y'all can go explore the same world. He can say, mommy, look, I made this world and you can explore that with them. Like the kind of, when I explained that to him, he was like, well, I see that too, but I just like it for me. But I was like, okay, well, that's cool too. But <laughs> he was just like, I just want it for myself even more so, but the kid stuff is cool too. But it's just like seeing, having a parent and a, because I already knew children are going to, I'm not going to have to sell, hey, put this virtual reality headset on, you're going to a new world and learn. It's not going to be a hard sell. The hardest sell is going to be for educators and those decision makers to see it as a valuable tool. So that was probably my biggest, best experience. And the child, he just loved it as well. He was like, yeah, you got my dad to give me one. I was like, hey, job well done. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes. What do you need most right now in the way of support? Anybody listening right now, whoa, I would love to support him. How do they do that? 
oh, well, yes, I love, again, so I have plenty of organizations and communities that are already interested in virtual reality. They see the value. The only thing that they're lacking is the funding for the virtual reality pilot program. So compared to traditional tech or STEM programs where the average PC is 2,500 per, so the average build for a 10-person class is up to $25,000, we're doing program setups for under $10,000 for a full virtual reality education lab. So what we're doing right now is trying to get as much sponsorships or grants as possible to provide these direct communities and organizations that can't traditionally afford the services with the funding needed for virtual reality. If the organization and community can't afford it, then we're going to make sure that they get it the best way. But we're particularly trying to get help for those communities that we know are in need. And we're trying to find sponsors and grants to help them get the virtual reality with us being the people helping them integrate it so they don't have to worry about any of the QA or being taken advantage of because it's a, a community and organization that's meant to help to help address the inequities within STEM and esports. So potential sponsors, please take note. What <laughs> resources do you really love as an artist for creating virtual reality? If there's another oh. educator listening who would really like to be creative in VR as you are. Yes. LinkedIn is my best friend. Adding LinkedIn to your daily social media schedule is important. And not only that, starting to connect with different groups in the industry. So looking for virtual reality technology groups, virtual reality educators, STEM educators, and following those groups and trying to follow those industry leaders to get a bunch of updates. That's how you find out about new software drops, new programs, new accelerator groups, a bunch of resources come organically through those networks. And then, so social media probably be my best word to say. Facebook has a bunch of books, Horizon groups. There's a ton of VR, XR development groups. There's a virtual reality educator group where people share what they're using for virtual reality. Just yesterday, I came across an Excel sheet that had literally every app on the Oculus MetaQuest store and the educational use for it. Save me months of work. I'm like, someone did that for me? It's available. So I'll add that to my website shortly as well too. But again, social media and a quick Google search is probably the best way to find those. If we can possibly save educators some time or some money, that would be a great thing. If people could only get one thing from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you and We Are VR Leaders? I think the biggest thing is to, when we're thinking about innovating, to always be aware of the community that the innovation is particularly going to. Always to be aware of how that innovation can benefit, what are some of the challenges that those community might have to face before that innovation can be done. So when we're thinking about innovation, not just to think about the solution, but to think of the totality of the people involved amongst the problem. So, and I think that's the biggest point. Always try to have a multi-layered solution. So again, like with us, we're going to innovate with virtual reality and STEM education, but we're also aware that wellness and therapeutic services are need to be integrated as well, which is why we're using this as a platform to eventually segue some of those into our bigger program. So always to try to be mindful of that there are a multitude of issues that we can solve with technology and just to keep being creative as possible. Howard, thank you for your time today. Again, thank you so much. Again, I greatly appreciate the time. You and I have been listening to Howard Robinson, thought leader, technologist, VR educator, and founder both of Gaming for Greatness and the new We Are VR Leaders educational program. Find out more about We Are VR Leaders at wearevrleaders.com. 
That's wearevrleaders.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.